This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. It's a... Uh called My Old Man. Finally, it's here. The Villa podcast you've been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you my old man said okay villains let's get this party started Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast show. I'm David Michael, the editor of My Old Man Said. This podcast would have probably started a couple of seasons ago, but it's been on the back burner, mainly because uh, writing about the deep, dark despair of supporting Aston Villa in recent years has been depressing enough. But with a new owner, a new league, and hopefully a new team, it seems like a good time to finally get this thing running. I just want to say a quick thank you to the My Old Man Said patrons who have been a massive support in the last few months. This first podcast is dedicated to them. By the way, if you want to uh, join as a patron, uh, you'll see the links on either the SoundCloud or iTunes page of the podcast or just by visiting myallmansaid.com. We'll get on to the show proper in a few seconds, but with the season about to start, I thought it might be a good idea to pass on some messages of support to the Villa team for the promotion push ahead. Uh, I didn't want to do anything too cheesy, but luckily I managed to pull in a few favours and track down two Aston Villa legends. Tom Fox here, I'm currently sipping cocktails in the Bahamas. I just want to say thanks for the $1.25 million last season and good luck in the championship. Go the Burgundies! Hey there, Villa fans, this is the voice of your god, Randy Lerner. Best of luck this term, I've really set you up a treat. Oh, save us, that's the spangled 
Let's crack on with the show. We'll be talking about all the key Villa issues, like the summer takeover, the slow rebuilding of the Villa squad, what supporters think about our promotion prospects, and of course, our Twitter king, Dr. Tony. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome, on the first ever My Old Man Said podcast, two guys who have been pretty instrumental in getting this up and running. First of all, the man behind the Villa Underground blog, Dan Rogers, and also the My Old Man Said writer with the voice of Velvet, he's going to hate me for saying that, Chad Wren. So, have you recovered yet from the nightmare that was last season? Oh, just about. I think we had a bit of Euros... One Villa player involved, he managed to score a comedy own goal. Um, uh, one one ex-Villa player. That's yeah. correct, correct, just left ex-Villa player. And uh, then we had a takeover, and, and a sign of how convinced I am we're going to do well, we'd renewed before the takeover. Renewed what? Season tickets. Ah, right, OK. Season tickets. <laughs> Sorry, alien concept to me. After last season, anyway. Uh, Chad, how's your optimism compared to the end of last season under Dr. Tony? Being a bit more fickle than Dan, I actually renewed mine after the takeover happened because I wasn't as optimistic before that had to play. But yeah, happy days with the new owners coming in, especially after the moves with a front-end striker. So Dan, what are your thoughts on the takeover so far? I mean, we don't know the full picture yet. New owners haven't played their cards yet. But I mean, initially when uh, they took over, the press was like centred on these kind of wild statements of being a top three team in the world in uh, five years time being the biggest club in China winning the Champions League in like 10 years but you know the reality has probably come down a little bit since uh, the season's hours away and we don't seem to have that revamp that we expected. No and uh, I think that the, the good thing the initial happiness I suppose that we all had when, when Randy Lerner was gone and that lovely awkward photo of of the good doctor hugging him in in Randy's Randy's house that was a bit of a strange one but, but strangely it romantically nourished us nonetheless um, and I think that what we've had since is Tony's tried to make the right sort of noises and I think it's no more complicated than he's sitting on Twitter in his pants going I've got a really great idea here guys and then it's out there and uh, and that's sort of how it's been playing out Now it's time for Twitter with Tony. 28th of July. For days, I've been wondering a question. If one of our rivals plays dirty, should we play decently? But I understand why they're relegated. July 28th. Nothing can stop us. Maybe harder, maybe longer, but we'll get there. You know what I mean? July 29. Once someone has closing contract, looks like being given a chance to betray. Said stay in one day and escape the other day. Dino G. 31st of July. It was because of impatience that they were expelled from paradise. It is because of indolence that they do not return. Kafka. I think we were talking earlier on... uh... And you said somebody's told him 
there's been no communication under the learner administration and you know he's uh, he's obviously thought well you know i can win uh, popularity brownie points straight away by uh, communicating directly to them i mean what do you think chad well, obviously he's thought that he's got to communicate with the supporters, but I think he's going a bit too over far-stretched with that. But it's, it might be come to a shock to a system to ourselves anyway, having gone from absolute silence to a Dr. Tony who's just <laughs> sat there tweeting almost every day now and giving us all sorts of inside information. But I don't think it's very professional running from the club so far. Because I don't think... The doc has turned up at Villa Park yet, so he hasn't met the staff and the kind of you know structure of Villa Park because obviously there's about thirty percent of staff that have kind of left the club. So there's been a lot of disparity in the club's communication. The chain of club communication is broken because uh, you know Dan, as we were saying earlier on, there's been announcements about players that are leaving, and he's confirming it before the club, any club, <laughs> the buying or selling club, have received it, and uh, you know. Ross McCormack, we know he's definitely coming because uh, he got excited retweeting <laughs> a, a goal video. So, I mean, what do you what do you think that can? What kind of message does that send out, Dan? I think it's that lurch. It is the lurch from the the complete media blackout under Lerner to this. It is it's a little bit amateurish and it's a little bit out there. You know, you only have to look at the the comment he had he made on on Twitter about Holloway. It was it was an, it was you just don't get drawn into it. And I think that yeah. By all means, think it, but don't put it on Twitter. And it's kind of the same thing that I imagine the people at the club who are thinking, well, we've got, we've sorted ourselves a striker here. I'll tell you what, we'll release it in the morning. Oh no! And they refresh their social media, <laughs> social media feed to see Tony jumping around his living room or whatever. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's any more complicated than that. I think he's a, re- he's he's just excited, and there's no one who's gone. You do realise when you're sat, you know, if we're having a, a bad patch and you're you're sat in the director's box staring down at the whole tent looking at Twitter, everyone will be, everyone will be on it. Yeah. August first, a failed player, failed manager, and now a chuffing pundit. Don't bother reading at all. Ian Holloway, mm. that's not a story. It's a non-story. <clears throat> but it is a story after he, uh, you know, he tweets about it. And that that's the problem because it's it kind of makes you us feel a bit of a, a bit of a low rent club if uh, you know if, if we're reacting like that in the media and then, and the media now is I mean it's such it operates on such a base level that somebody you know, this whole concept of somebody tweets and it becomes a story and you know the. Birmingham Mail or you know one of these kind of clickbait kind of ad network sites there's all this kind of just mush out there and all he's doing is kind of adding to that but as you said you know a lot of advantages because fans suddenly have communication with the guy who's you know pulling the strings so I mean of, of the business so far do you think there's a sense of being underwhelmed by what's happened Chad? Well, considering he wants to be a top for, uh, top three club in the world, possibly. But uh, no, in all seriousness, maybe in terms of experience, we're lacking a little bit still. Because obviously, with the players we've brought in already, only Elphick probably offers the best amount of experience in the championship. And has got uh, 60 games or so under his belt for a Premier League and championship club. But then you look at Galini and Chibola, like you... Uh, wrote the article about Galini saying that 
maybe a 21-year-old keeper isn't what we need to rely on for a whole 46-game yeah. season. And I certainly agree with that, especially Shibola as well, considering he hasn't played hardly any games, if you look at it. So will he be able to anchor our midfield for that long? I don't think so. I mean, even Di Matteo came out with the quote of building a new spine, but I don't I don't yeah. see two 21-year-olds coming as, as a new spine. Uh, you know, having seen... Uh, I went to the Telford game and saw the Middlesbrough game... And is there that much difference from last season? I mean, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to say yes. Uh, I mean, Dan, do you think they've they've transformed enough going into the Sheffield Wednesday game, which, which is going to be one of the toughest games of the season? No, um, I, I think we just need such wholesale change that you look through the whole of the squad, and there's such damage, I think, off off the back of last season that it's easy to say, easy to see where the issues are. Uh, I sort of agree. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited to some extent to see how Galini and um, uh, and Tushbola get on because Definitely. they are they're, they're they're unknown players, and you know it goes one of two ways that they'll, they'll they'll blossom into something or they'll show something quite raw like a, an Adama Traore, or they don't. And we're sort of in a position where we need something more than we had last year, and I am a bit worried. We see we still look short, and I thought against Middlesbrough that was a reasonable test, and we look very short against them. Aston Villa have become the specialists of uh, signing unknown players recently, <laughs> so uh, there is that expectation and excitement. But it only if it doesn't click into place in the first six or seven games, there may be a problem. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that the the biggie is that you probably only have four or five games before people start to make their minds up about some of the, and, and they're, they're quite young guys. And I yeah. think particularly with the goalkeeper, he could, you know, really hope he gets off to a flyer and um, and whatever, but he could be exposed quite quickly, I think. Yeah, I mean, to, to what about the, the players that have, that have left? There's uh, a bunch of players that are on release clauses. I mean, there's obviously anybody who signed a new contract, uh, especially under the, the Tom Fox administration, either had release clauses in there and or kind of wage reduction clauses and you know we've seen Clark go for five million to Newcastle which you know we'll talk quickly about in a second uh, we've seen uh, Garner go as well for a release clause which was actually about two million less than what we bought him for yeah. mm-hmm. and then I was you know watching Jordan AU uh, in the in the games that I've seen this preseason, and he, he when he walks around he has a kind of like a grimace and kind of a walk of a man who hasn't got a release clause <laughs> But you know, what do you think of, of those players going out? I mean, it's pretty much to be expected, is it not? And uh, I, th- I think Mikael Richards would have gone by now mm. if Sunderland didn't have a change of manager. I think it's good business so far because I just feel like we need to get those players away that have got a losing mentality and that are low on confidence. But I still feel like we have a lot of bad eggs around the squad if you look at the likes of Gabby and Lescott. And those are players that will be really hard to shift because there mm. aren't big wages... And they don't want to move anywhere themselves. They're not going to be motivated. Uh, Lescott doesn't mind sitting in the stands earning however much money he's gained. I am fairly happy with the uh, offloads, especially Clark. Obviously, a lot of people probably would have thought selling Clark to Newcastle might have been a bad move. I think they wouldn't have minded if he would have been sold elsewhere because Newcastle being a yeah. promotion rival, it's a bit of sort of iffy move. But either way, I'd take five or six million, whatever's reported for him every yeah. day of the week. Is this the bomb squad mark two because you've got Lescott, you've got Richards, you've got potentially Gabby who, you know, hasn't shown his face yet in preseason. Bakuna, you know, might mm. looks to be potentially in uh, De Matteo's plans, but is that only because he's got quite a few 
seasons left on his contracts. How, how do we get rid of these players? And do you think Doc Tony will uh, pay anybody off to uh, move them out? Oh, well, I, think, I think they've got a big decision to make because it appears that throughout pre-season, especially with Bakuna, that we've been trying to rehabilitate him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and the only rationale can be that, I mean, thinking of Bakuna particularly, he's on quite a long contract. And there's no getting away from the fact that that group of players who you mentioned were relegated in spectacular fashion and probably aren't appealing even to some championship clubs. You know, there's some, there was issues in the dressing room with some of them. There's a huge quality question, you know, Lescott's arguably passed it. Gabby's looks like somehow has managed to be a one-man club with us. And Bakuna, Bakuna's scarred from years of bad management and years of not being very good. Sorry, I actually missed out Carlos Sanchez as well, which uh, it looks like him, Veratu, have been touted about and... Uh... Yeah. Probably they have, there's an issue of uh, not being able to get the same wages elsewhere. Maybe that's this you know a bit of a stickler. That seems to be the case, and I think whilst we've got them, um, we might as well use them and maybe treat it as a bit of shop window that could come back to haunt us if it's, you know the team gets broken up before the end of August. But you know could set us off on something at least. We, we need wholesale change, and there's there's no getting away from that. I think we've got we're going to be stuck with some people who are going to be in and around the squad, and we're going to have to use them. So what's what's the bare minimum in terms of, I mean, we'll see what happens in terms of faces out, but in terms of end of August, faces in, what is the bare minimum that you could contently think that Villa can push for promotion? And, and you know, I'm, this, it's a shame when, I, you know, I hear uh, Villa fans ask, you know, asked about their expectations and, you know, they're saying, oh, maybe seventh, you know, sixth, fifth, mm-hmm. fourth, when... I remember last, you know, I was a I was a young lad when we got relegated last time, and the only thing we talked about was getting instant promotion, bouncing straight back up. That was the only conversation, and I don't know if it's because of uh, dampening down over five years of just having our souls crushed and our amb- <laughs> our, our ambition drained. Expectations, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what it is. But uh, so, what's the bare minimum in terms of faces in in, in terms of positions? What do you think we need? Because that defence isn't sorted out. The midfield still yeah. is a massive problem, and potentially up front we're all right because it's the midfield that needs to get its act together to you know create the chances. I mean, Gusted might not be the greatest player in the world, but if you give any striker no service, he's going to be next to useless. I'd probably say four faces in now around. Which, which positions? We need a definitely boost in central midfield. I think we need an experience head in there again, especially with Garner going out. Um, we certainly need to improve in that. Position. Well, like I'll a, probably a say... box-to-box type leader? or I mean, I was hoping the Gardner would step up and fill that role, but I don't know if I don't know. This... I'd like an experienced head to sort of I'd like an experienced head to sort of sit in front of the um back four because I think a lot of fans got confused and thought Shibola would be one of the sort of players that would offer that, but I actually think he's more attacking than yeah. anything. He'll put in the dirty work, but I think he's more going forward, which uh, youthful players are usually aimed upon. And then uh, I'd probably say I'd go for a right back as well because I don't feel like we're very solid there. And if hopefully we do manage to shift on Marco Richards, then we need to uh, fill in that position as well. Because like we've said before, Alan Hutton, I don't think has the quality to last in that position, especially for the uh, 46 games. And then on top of that, I'd go for a centre-half as well because like we saw on Saturday... Yeah, well, after Clark's gone out the door, definitely so many one. 
Um, that's another sort of elfic type. But it, I mean, and it looks Kyle. like he's. If you just read into preseason so far, he's going to partner Baker with Elfic yeah. because uh, yeah. Akure is right-footed, and I don't know if he's carrying a knock or something. But uh, Akure would be uh, the main man. Maybe he's trying to find his way out uh, of the club as well. Sorry, Dan. Uh, what, what's your assessment of the faces that needs to be coming in bare minimum before the end of August? Similar, really. I'd say we need at least three. Just running through the spine of the team, we, we probably need a second competent goalkeeper to, yeah. to put, put some pressure yeah. or to have some cover for the young kid. Fullbacks, I think if you're relying upon Amavi getting fit quickly and staying fit after a horrendous knee injury, because um, I think the, the style of, from looking at the Middlesbrough game particularly, Di Matteo looks to want to be playing an overlapping, very high up the pitch fullback, you know, wingback essentially. Yeah, yeah. So we need, we need, someone who can put a ball in for a start and defend. We're desperate. We're crying out for a, a quality central midfielder. And, and in my head, I think we need, we need a Gareth Barry type player or an Andy Townsend type player or an Ian Taylor, someone combative, but who can spot a pass as well. We, we haven't got that. I think, you know, even if they uh, go for like, I don't know, like some, some quality player. I think we discussed this before. Who's, you know, even if he's like 34, 35, who can do one season like Cambiesso did for, yeah. for Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be a useful acquisition, even just to get us just up. A clever midfielder who can hold it together when, when you know, that there's an out ball from the defence and they can they can spray it about. And just as something that we, we don't have the ability to turn the game very quickly. And, and you always, you see it in, against opposition all last season and for the last three or four, they seem to get to our final third so much quicker than we do. And... You know, you talk about Gisted not getting any service. Well, he's often so far away from the goal, like any of our strikers. Yeah. So I think if we could add just something to the spine of the team to, to free up, just to free up maybe a, a creative midfielder or, or a striker. And uh, looking at the the guys that have come in, mm. what's what's your impressions there? Because lack of lack of ex- lack of experience, I think, is the thing so far. I'm not buying into this. Uh, we have a new spine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I, I think. I don't know. I don't even know why De Matteo came out with that. But uh... I'd say if we manage to get this top of centre mid that you're talking about, it'd look a lot more promising then. Because if you look at the likes of Elphick, mm-hmm. the so called centre mid that you're talking about, that experienced head there in the centre of park, and then McCormack as well. Because I saw something yeah. earlier about saying, what is. How can we even say that Elphick will be the certain captain? Because McCormack could be the top of player to yeah, battle for that, that as well. But that's what we want, isn't it? We want players on the pitch who have got some seniority who can say, you know, like like when we last season every every other week we seem to concede one, two, three goals very quickly. Those sort of players who can get it get other junior players together and say, look, it's just bed down for dig in for five or ten minutes, ride this and get back into the game. We we haven't got anyone that cool head. Yeah, Paddy Riley's still about. One thing you could do is draw up a list of all the captains in the championship and just buy a couple of them. Yeah. Can we retract that in case you actually need that as a plausible way of rebuilding our club? Back in the day, you'd buy international players. That was like a quality quota. I mean, especially centre-backs we had. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, always had like, you know, international centre-back in terms of, you know, like Mel, Melberg, Larson, you know, even Villar. And that was at least, you know, you knew uh, they were of a certain uh, quality. You can see here that's become diluted in yeah. time, can't you? Because, especially over five years where we've gone from having you know those those names that you just mentioned to where you see Clark join Newcastle and though he's been around a long time I can't say I was overly bothered to see him go no, no neither was I 5.1 million is pretty good and I'm quite surprised Newcastle are, are splashing the cash it's a bit premature just to say it's going to be us and Newcastle because you know I don't believe that for a second mm. but do you think Newcastle have got the heart for the for the battle because it's just assuming that they've you know they've splashed a bit of cash they've spent the most out of all the teams in the championship that they're just going to walk this they had the players last season to survive but they just there's just not gelling I mean obviously Rafa having a pre-season is going to be a bit of a game changer for them but still they should have survived under him uh they should have done but they were the, the elephant in the room for Newcastle fans was he, he had a lot of games and they they were terrible <laughs> And they were terrible at Villa Park. Yeah, I well. mean, I was very surprised about that game. I thought they would, you know, they would coast it. Considering considering that what was at stake, they offered absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were awful. Well, the one thing that sort of changed my mind about Benitez as well is the fact that he signed Clark. <laughs> I've completely questioned all my all my uh, respect for him. That I'm like, where's that come from? And I saw the comments about it today saying that he was a very uh, versatile player that can play in defensive yeah, midfield yeah. as well. I sort of rubbing my hands together, like you do, sure that, that, do that, do that, do that when we when we uh, when we play. I think it was actually, as you say, I think it's quite a good sign. I mean, if Villa can get their act together, yeah. Well, I would rather we were doing. I would rather we were picking signings and saying, you know, being quite methodical about it. You look at Newcastle's purchasing; it's very scattergun. It's very sort of mm. like, okay, right, you'll do. You're you're a bit of a name. You might yeah. be a bit of a name. Let's let's get them in. Um, if you if you look at Gail and McCormack, it's. It's near the same amount of price, and I know who I'd choose out of those two if I wanted to get promotion straight away. It'd yeah, be yeah, yeah, probably yeah. McCormack every single time. The key players that we have already is can you know Jack Grealish actually impact games? Can uh, Jordan Ayew actually uh, shoot within a second of getting the ball rather than spending you know ten minutes on it before thinking about what he's going to do it with it? But he's I mean he played very deep against Middlesbrough, so I don't know what the thinking is there because every time there was a a delivery into the box and credit to uh, both of those two fullbacks who I you know who I don't actually want at the at the club or certainly starting. Mm-hmm. 
there was nobody with an instinct to get on the end of that. So hopefully that's what McCormack will sort out. But if McCormack's playing, is AU playing? Where's he playing? Where's Grealish playing? Is Gested on the bench and just uses an impact player? I mean, how, how do you do? You think McCormack's a guy that can link up because Grealish needs players. My theory on Grealish is he actually needs players on the same wavelength to kind of open up his game. Yeah. I think the, th- the thing I hadn't really realised about McCormack and is the amount of assists that yeah. he comes with. And that was something I really didn't know. And um, that's a major for us because we, we don't have a lot of creativity in, in the team at all. And, and what we do have is is it gets targeted by the opposition, you know. Though I, though I think Greedy struggled for form badly last year. He was also completely crowded out whenever he was on the pitch because he was the only logical player who could do, do a fat yeah. lot with the ball. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say something shocking. Here. I actually re- I actually think that Ayu's looks like he's on the way out. To be honest, and I can't see where he fits anymore as well. People will say that he could play behind um, uh, Gested and McCormack, but uh, the way that Dimitar has been going on in preseason looks like that he definitely wants to base a team around Grealish and try and get draw the best out of him, like we saw Sherwood did. And you look at the video as well, where for Middlesbrough's first goal. He just doesn't look bothered at all. And after what we've heard about release clauses and then Clark apparently staying but going, even though not many people are really bothered, I can't really see how you stay. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I I mean, a lot of people big him up, but that's... In the, mm. in the real world, he's you know if Villa are a decent Premier League team, he's he's a squad player. I don't think he's a starter. It's no Benteke. I feel we've gained this sort of illusion from last season because of how poor everyone yeah. else was. The only bright lights or sort of relax away from the poorness and average, like below averageness and absolute like no effort whatsoever. Yeah. And then we we sort of big up these players, like with the youth players as well. A lot of people will say that they want to see the introduction of Russian Hepburn Murphy and things like that, but they're certainly not ready to play into a championship season. Maybe through a few cup games, but after last season, the only reason that we're considering them is because of how poor we no, were. That's very true. It's it's all about the looking for some hope and clinging onto it, and that was yeah. kind of what a lot of yeah. people were doing, I think. Well, we, we we won't go in too much in uh, in terms of how Aston Villa are going to set up uh, uh, in this forthcoming season because at the moment it's purely hypothetical. I mean, A, the final pieces of the jigsaw aren't in and, uh, you know, things will be more clear after the, the first week, after, you know, the first three, three or four games. Uh, but in terms of your expectations for the season ahead... I mean, I've I've been running a survey on my own and said, and one of the questions was, uh, when are Aston Villa going to get promoted? Is it going to be this season, in two seasons, three seasons? And then uh, let's not even think about uh, anything beyond that. But initially, uh, a lot of people were saying this season, I think out of kind of blind optimism, I think it was about 56% the last time I checked. But now the figures are... 44.5% 44.5% say this season, 43% say two seasons time. So that's, you know, it's pretty 50-50 between those two. And then 8.6 say three seasons. So as I mentioned before, the last time we went down, it was all about bouncing back straight away. But there seems to be a kind of a resignation uh, that this could be a two-season job. And when you see there seems to be a lack of urgency in rebuilding this team, uh, that kind of seems to see there is a two-year plan in place as opposed to a one-year plan. I mean, what, what do you think about that, Dan? Yeah, pro- probably links into the fact that we, we need to ship so many people on. And um, I think 
I don't think our recruitment's been so clever in the sense that we, the takeover was protracted and late. Um, and perhaps that's why they're trying to pull out a couple of, couple of signings out the bag. Maybe if you could you know, find your way somehow into the playoffs this season or get onto a good run and you know maybe pull out a couple of signings before the end of August. Saving that, aside from that, sorry, you, you, you don't want to get bogged down into a really poor season. I, I, I'd like to think we wouldn't, but you never know. There's one one problem is because of what happened last season and how bad it was, and fans will you know have given this uh, this team uh, you know another chance so many times only to have it kind of thrown back in the face. I mean, especially season ticket holders. Mm. Uh, and the last time we went down, I mean, we won one game in the first seven games, so uh, there is an adjustment period. But th- those days there was no social media, you know, no it, people were a bit more let's say patient. You know, they knew there was a Graham Taylor was doing a rebuilding job and. And that rebuilding job only really kicked in in November when he he bought Stuart Gray and Andy Gray and he and he bought David Platt in February if I'm if I'm correct. So uh, Di Matteo, I think the main focus for the task ahead will be in that last week in August. So uh, do you think fans will be patient enough? And obviously, Doctor Tony's on social media. He's gonna if they don't if they win one in the first seven like they did last time, we're in the in, in the second tier. He's going to find a, a bit of a different social media experience, I'd imagine. Especially Chad will be trolling him every day. <laughs> I can I can see um I can see going to the last week of August. Definitely, I feel like we'll end up getting our um business done fairly late, just simply because of the fact that we're not a very prosperous and sort of attractive attractive squad anymore obviously the moves of McCormack coming in and splashing the cash on the player like him will probably boost the chances of that and show people that we are intent on promoting but um I don't know it'll be we're we're, I mean let me stop you there there's we are an attractive proposition for a player for quality championship in in the championship I'm talking about oh yeah obviously but if we want a solid midfield with that we can't be attracted to the likes of youngsters again and just bring in those but yeah, I don't think we can risk the uncertainty of that either because we've been through different phases, haven't we? You know, under under Lerner, it was spend, spend, spend at the beginning. Then it was austerity. Then it was youth under Lambert, and then it was a lurch towards European youth. And none of it's worked. So maybe this is. I mean, it's a great chance to really have a great overhaul of the squad. You know, if it takes two years, it takes two years. But I'd rather that we got back to the Premier League in good shape. Um, the thing that did annoy me the other day about reading was that uh, Demon Tower was saying that he's put on a two-year contract, but mm. although yeah. he's been put on a two-year contract, he wants to get promotion in the first years if he can. It shouldn't be a case of if he can. It should be a case of well, yes. It, like we shouldn't even be talking about whether we can or yeah. not. I want to see us in that top two, and at the moment, I just don't feel like we'd comfortably make it. So we definitely need to do some more deals and sort the shape out of our squad, I think. Yeah, I, I think the the first two months will uh, lay the foundations, yeah. but I don't think it should be panic stations after the first four or five games because there will be an adjustment. The problem is, you know, fans understand that if it's a different team, if it's the same, you know, this, a, a similar first 11 to last season, then uh, yeah. all they've got to do is uh, make a few mistakes, get a bad result, and people will turn on them. But if they sort out the squad and revamp it, then of course you give it time.
and now a word from our commercial partners. Do you need a break from the villa? Sail in style to the tropics with Ulysses de la Cruz's. So there's about 10 or 12 clubs in the playoff place, you know, in, in with a shout of the playoff places at least, uh, you know, going into like March most season. It's like the Grand National, there's loads of riders and as long as you're there in the yeah. last kind of uh, stretch and you've you've got your house in order for the run-in, you, you should, you know, have a good crack at it. One key thing that I definitely think we should take notice of as well is that we need to get our business done and tied up now in august as well we don't want to be going into january thinking oh we need this player because we've been short through the season we we don't want to be in and around the promotion area we want to be solid and up there i want to be buying players in january as sort of bonuses i was just thinking earlier when we were talking about au that what we don't want to be happening is that maybe he gets off to say a little bit of a flyer fingers crossed yeah, that's true gets two or three goals and turns some heads maybe in in even the premier league or europe and then we face this ridiculous scenario that we haven't faced for a long time whereby we could be poached <laughs> and then we find ourselves I mean it's perhaps getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but it's we, we don't have a lot of talent and I know there's there's issues potentially well in terms of poaching I mean there's the Amavi is potentially mm. up to that if he's back in shows himself to be fit and has a decent first few months for Villa then January yeah. you know yeah. swings open and uh wouldn't be much of a problem to get to get his services. I mean, I think you know Joe Bennett can do a job in the championship. I was about to say that, but then who would you who would you think as a backup? Then would be scrambling in January to come and find someone. Then I think. Well, you got Sissoko. I mean, we've we've got depth in Don't the left. Don't say Sissoko. Sissoko can, can go anywhere. I'd cut Sissoko's contract. Well, yeah, no, he's he's probably looking at, you know for a way out. But uh, if we did have him and Bennett as the uh, the number one, then you know it's it's not like a big emergency situation is it in terms of expectation uh, going back to the survey 42 percent uh of villains said we would uh make the playoffs this year 24 percent said runners up 17 percent mid table and uh 13 percent getting promoted as champions so 42 i mean most most people realistically are looking like we're going to be you know sixth to fourth which uh i think you know that's just evidence that most supporters don't think the job has been done so far in terms of uh, rebuilding this squad anyway. Well, if, like we were talking earlier about acquiring an experienced midfielder, if that signing came in in the next few weeks, I'd def- you'd probably see the percentages going up then in terms of automatics, I think. I think the midfield purchase is a massive one. Yeah, well, I mean, I would plump for two. But anyway, uh, in terms of other teams that have been doing good business, who, from what you've seen, uh, I'm looking at top level of clubs in terms of who's going to be, you know, pushing for those two promotion places. I think obviously Newcastle, Norwich have got a decent spine. Derby, especially with uh, Pearson, he would have probably going to add, add another layer to their team, which was you know pretty decent and was unlucky last season. Sheffield Wednesday, definitely. Brighton, they start always tend to start very well and they kind of fade at the end, but they're you know a couple of players from being a real contender up there. And uh, I mean, do you see anybody after that in terms of uh, the top two places? Yeah, I don't think you can necessarily write off Leeds. I, it always baffles me that uh, they haven't managed to, to get themselves in and around. Getting back to the Premier League, more probably to do with their crazy chairman than anything else. But I think it's such a it's such a mix of teams there. That's the there's, thing. I think there's plenty of depth in the Championship. I mean, Wolves Wolves have got a bit more clout to them now with a new owner. Blues. I just thought. I mean, when they played us in the uh, the cup, they had a proper striker as well. I mean, that would have been potentially a different game. 
Cardiff Forest, you know, probably get their acts together again. And then even if you think there's a, le- a level below that, you know, there's teams like Blackburn, Reading, Fulham, Wigan, who, and, and Ipswich, who've, you know, have all been in the top league uh, in recent times. So it's, it's quite surprising when you look at it. Familiar names, isn't it? Familiar yeah. names in a pretty decent kind of setup. Well, we don't want to get caught in that chair. Chad, have you have you seen? Uh, I mean, have you seen any team particular kind of making waves transfer wise to improve their stock? Well, the obvious one is Newcastle with signs of Matt Ritchie and obviously buying Gale as well. They're going to be looking to go straight back up. But like we discussed before, are they sort of certain experienced players at that level, and will they be able to gel them in time as well? After uh, moving so many, they've obviously made the biggest these moves in the window. But apart from that, there's um a few all right deals going on around with Brighton as well. Brighton has managed to grab a few free players uh, in Glen Murray and Sidwell. I'd say Sidwell's someone that we'd sort of need. Like we were talking before about an experienced player. Imagine mm. if we could have got Sidwell on the free. I think that probably would have uh, been. A... I think I've had what, enough of you know one day, <laughs> one dose of Sid, one dose Sidwell was enough. He might have done a job as a solid midfielder there. Didn't we manage to sign Sidwell for five million pounds after Chelsea got him on a free? Wasn't that how it worked? He wasn't really that good, was he? Like so many before and after. Well, he rode a bit of a crest, didn't he? A bit like Charlie Adam did a couple of years ago, and he got a he got a big move, and then he arrived at Chelsea, and they were like, hmm, "I've got Makalele," <laughs> and and then he ended up at Villa Park, where we where we were going. Well, we have got Salifu, so if you'd like to leave, please, Steve. Um, and uh, so yeah, yeah, that's where we were at. Apart from yeah. that, though, in the market. Uh, I'll probably say a lot, a lot. I heard you talking there about Norwich as well, saying that you've, they have a solid spine and they'd be a threat. Mm-hmm. But I actually think Wednesday are more of a threat for promotion than Norwich are, especially since Norwich has sold Nathan Redmond as well. Well, I don't think it's a ma- I don't think it's a matter of choosing Thank either you, or. I think they'll both be uh, up there. You got to think of Wednesday last season as well. How well they played, and I've just signed um, Alman Abdi from Watford as well who's quite a nifty player. I know a lot of people know about that's him. And he was only £3 million pounds as well. So. Yeah, that's, that's not bad, actually. And then um, here's, here's a funny one for you as well. If you remember Stephen Fletcher's move to Marseille last season from Sunderland, well, he's made a return as well. He's gone to Wednesday on free. On a free as well. Oh, is it Wednesday? I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Oh, dear. So, that's a good so we, so we could have got Fletcher instead of McCormack. <laughs> yeah. Or Ricky Lambert. We should have gotten both, actually. <laughs> Ricky Lambert and Stephen Fletcher. So we should have gone four. So uh, in terms of uh, optimism, uh, give me a mark out of ten. How optimistic are you, Dan? For the season ahead. For the season ahead, I'm going to go six and a half. I'm going to go six and a half now. If we can get a couple of signings, I'm going to go eight. And Chad? Before we sign the court mark, I'd probably set a six. Nah, it's gone all the way up to seven and a half because I know we've got a proven goal scorer in the league. And with a few more signs, probably go up to eight and a half as well. Well, we'll we'll, we'll revisit this end of August when we actually know uh, what's... If we get a new midfielder in 10 and we're going to hit 149 points and make a record and storm the league. What, what are you talking about? Or our do or die last last essential six pointer against Rotherham, where where we'll be going. Well, won't it be nice to be playing in League One? All those teams we've never been. Right. To. Anyways, shut, cut the crap. Uh, <laughs> let's do a five five reasons to be cheerful for the season ahead that hasn't started yet. I'll go first. I, I, no Randy Lerner, 
no Tom Fox. Agree with you there. Uh, I mean, uh, well, let's let's not even revisit that. It's it's water under the bridge. It's uh, it's game over. Thank God. Uh, number two, I'm I'm just going to go for the obvious and say a striker that scored 66 goals in three seasons. That's uh, that's mm. quite rare. I, I mean, saying that we had Ben Teke, who if he ends up at some piss pot team like Sunderland, I, I will be crying oh. on the inside because yeah. he's a player that Villa let him down in the sense that they should have built a proper team around him mm. because he's he he was a difference. Built I always up. used to say. He gave you a chance against anybody if he was on his game. Well, if you look at the assists McCormack's got as well, like we mentioned before, he's created around 90-odd goals, 96 goals for us on the last three seasons. That's pretty good. Talking about 30 assists, that is a lot. And that's that's playing in teams that haven't exactly set the world on fire across the board. So, uh, I mean, maybe he's a one-man team. It's... uh... So the only reason we survived in the Premier League over the last few years because we were a one-man team. Maybe that's the only way we can do it nowadays. Okay, number three, anybody? Uh, I'm going to go for the fact that we are now trendsetters with an Italian manager and Chinese owners. And Italian managers that drink espresso as well in pictures. If you saw that at the start. (laughs) Wolves copying us. Right, that's three. So uh, what's uh, the fourth uh, reason to be cheerful as a Villa fan going into this new season? Make it a good one. <laughs> I just uh, not worrying about getting relegated from the Premier League. Just not. It's kind of <laughs> exciting alone to not know what's going to happen. Other than, are we either going to finish fourth bottom or bottom? <laughs> so <laughs> it's at least a break from the monotony as well of, of uh, holding on for dear life and, <laughs> and willing and willing someone to wrestle Randy Lerner out of control of our club. So. Things have progressed. No, that's, that's a good one. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm uh, I'm very happy about that one. Uh, and now the fifth and final one. I'm trying to think of one myself. Burgers keeping Amavi, Villa bitch in jail, Ray Wilkins getting help. I think I'd drunk Ray Wilkins. Let's just end on Ray Wilkins. Just say Ray Wilkins. Yep. Or Chinese flag. Salut, c'est Rémi Gard. Hello, my British chums. I am having the most terrible time on the south coast of France. Thank you for the million euros payoff. That's 500,000 euros a win. Merci, Tom Fox. Merci, Aston Villa. Adieu. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.